Hello and welcome to You're Wrong About Musicals. I'm Esme. I'm Mel. Today we are going to be talking about Legally Blonde, but first, some news. Now we don't have as many stories as we normally do because we recorded Wicked a bit later on in the week than we normally did, so there was more time for news stories to come out, if that makes sense. But there's there's a couple of things. Um, we usually record like when? every Wednesday. Yeah. And then last week we did it on like Friday. Yeah. That's right, yeah. And then today we're back on Wednesday. We're back so it's on been Wednesday. like three days. Yeah, it's been That's yeah. not true at all. No, it's been um, five days. Yeah. I think. Um we know maths. But usually there's seven. You yeah, usually there's a whole entire week. But what do you want to talk about first? Here Lies Love is unfortunately closing at the Broadway Theatre in November. Yeah. End of November. It is November now. Which is sad because it, it looked really innovative and cool. I can't lie. I've not listened to it. I know briefly what it's about. I've seen people say they think it would do really well in London. And it has it would done well in London. I would go and see it. If it comes back to... It's done well in London before. It did. It went to the Donmar. Um, oh. If it were to come back to London, we'd be there. Yeah. I would go and see it. I'd go see it. And I I liked the whole, like, how they transformed the Broadway theatre into a nightclub. I thought that was cool. Mm. Um, um, Moulin Rouge. Now, this is kind of serious. That's something lighthearted for afterwards. Yeah. We're going to do some lighthearted stuff after this, but this is, this is serious. Um, Moulin Rouge announced that they would be, that Boy George would be ca- uh, joining their cast. Boy George, as along with being a big name, is a convicted criminal. Um... <laughs> And not of like tax evasion or something of holding someone. If I remember correctly, he the... like he chained a male escort. Yes, I think was the term they used. Yeah, to a to a radiator. So boy George got fifty uh, got fifteen months for false imprisoning a male escort. Which is a horrific crime. Yeah, and I'm I'm not sure he should be allowed to be in fucking Moulin Rouge on Broadway. Yeah, I mean, it it's a genuine problem on Broadway, which is weird and bad. Yeah, um, I'm not sure that's the kind of press you want to be giving to your show. And like, I don't know. Where it's happened? It happened in West Side Story, the movie. Yeah. Oh, it happened. Yeah, and it happened with the in... 2020 arrival of West Side Story as well. Yeah, it happened with Phantom. They had the James Barber. Yeah, who was convicted. Of yeah, it was some kind of pedophilia charge, and then they had him doing like talkbacks with the students. Yes. No, I don't think Phantom did. I think another show that he was in did, but Broadway still allowed it to happen. Yeah, it's it's a genuine problem, and it's horrific. And um, I'm not sure what the intended audience for this is because the diehard Moulin Rouge fans have said this is extremely wrong. What the fuck? Yeah. So it's like even and you shouldn't ignore the charges, but even ignoring the charges, Boy George is a weird casting for the fact that Moulin Rouge has a relatively young audience. Yes. Like my parents know who Boy George is. I vaguely knew who he was because of that. I feel like it's the same kind of way I felt about like the Betty Who casting. Um, I don't think they're comparable. No, like, but as in like, wise. it's not as in like, no, as know. as in with the intention, not as in yeah. who they are. Yeah, because it's like they, 
we're kind of the target, the right range for the target audience of both Moulin Rouge and Hades Town. Yeah, 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 yeah. And neither ignoring ignoring the the uh, criminal record, very real and horrific criminal record of Boy George. Yeah, which you shouldn't you should take it into account. But even ignoring that, if I didn't know that happened, yeah, neither Boy George nor Betty Who is going to make me go, oh yeah, I'm going to go see that. See, I knew vaguely who Boy George was before this. Yeah. But I'm still clueless about who the fuck Betty Who is. If anyone would like to enlighten us. Apparently she's been really good in the role, though. I don't care. I don't know who she is. <laughs> I don't know who the hell she is. Do you want to share some lighthearted news? Starlight Express pre-sale opened, I would know. I was in the pre-sale. Oh my god, it's extended. I haven't bought tickets. It's extended, I haven't I bought tickets. Yeah. So it was already on um until, like, October? Yeah. That's what I texted you. It's now been extended to February 2025. It doesn't what? even open until, like, June 2024. Well, yeah, because I think they have to completely revamp the theatre. Yeah, the seat, the way they've done it looks really interesting. Just on the seating plan, it looks very interesting. In, yeah, well, no, I know I how Starlight Express works. My assumption... The way they've done it on the seating plan is they just have, like, a circle as the stage. And then big gaps around it. And my thought is that that's going to be the racetrack. I sh- I don't know if I should say spoilers for Starlight Express. Right, it's Starlight Express, man. We can spoil it all we want. They roller skate. They roller it's skate. based on Thomas the Tank Engine. They yeah. roller skate. They're like the seats right at the front where I'm assuming they're skating past you at like 150 quid. Well, Andy is a capitalist. I'd also like to say this pre sale is the first time I've ever found out that there are proper Starlight Express like stands. Yeah. People love Starlight Express. Were you in a queue? Uh, no, I went in like five hours after it opened because I forgot it was happening. Oh. There's still tickets available. Yeah. But it's because I saw a TikTok of this person and they were like, oh yeah, I I booked like four nights in the front row seats to go see it. Like <laughs> you did what? For what purpose? For fucking Starlight Express. But then again, to be fair, people did the same thing for like Newsies when it was Yeah. There. Newsies makes sense to me though, and Starlight <laughs> Express is based on Thomas the Tank Engine. So there's that. Um I was just looking I do really want to go though. I really want to see it. I do set. I do want to see it. So like, just to say I've seen it. It's a bit like if cats were to ever come back. My, yeah. It's my problem is that we've been to this theater. It's the theater that when it's the theatre in Wembley that Newsies was in. It's the one next to the stadium. I think we should go when Taylor's in town. Yeah. Honestly, we might be able to. If you give me the Aeros tour dates, I'll have a look. So she's definitely... I don't know... Well, because we're going to be busy when she's there for the first time. Obviously, Obviously. attending. Um, yeah. And then she's back in August. Oh, it's definitely there in August. She's, like, 15th to 17th. I'll look at it later, but I think we could do that. Wait. Lizzie, so... What I was going to say was, um, because I know what the theatre's like, Yeah. I am genuinely hesitant to buy the cheap seats because I know that they are bad. Yeah. Um, well, we didn't, didn't, we didn't buy so the seats that we got. We, sat bas- we basically got the same seats both times we saw New Year's. Yeah. The seats we got were the cheap ones for Newsies, or cheaper. We still got them at a discounted rate. Yeah, well, not the second time. No. 
that there are that area is now the most expensive bit interesting which is why i think that they're skating around that area yeah there's no reason otherwise for it to be that expensive yeah um i've also just looked the watson stage awards have announced that they are open to take nomin like you can vote for the nominations yeah they want um the phantom wants to be nominated for some stuff oh, yeah oh. Uh, the Mean Girls movie musical trailer's out, and it's shit. People are not happy. People... It's probably nice about it, but yeah. She means me. Um, why have, not happy. Why have they used an Olivia Rodrigo song in a movie musical trailer? Okay, I've seen so many people being, being like, oh, this reboot. It's not a reboot, it's, it's just a movie of the musical. It's a movie of the musical, it's like Hairspray. But they've decided to market it completely the wrong way. Just have, like, the Overture play it. Or just the My Name is Regina George thing. People fucking love Renee Rapp at the moment. Yeah. You guys are just being idiots. Um, also, I don't... Allegedly, they've cut Where Do You Belong? And I don't agree with that as a mm. choice. The other two songs I've, I've heard they, that they've cut... I do, like, I'm like, okay, I understand why. Like, there's going to be cuts in a movie musical. But these, where do you belong? I'm like, that's actually really important for the plot. In all honesty, as well, I feel like there were, out of the three they've cut, I feel like there were better ones to cut. Stupid with Love? Stop? Yes! They fucking kept Stop and not Stupid with Love. I'm not seeing a world where Stop should be kept in over, like, where do you belong? No, and like stop, stop over it roars. It roars is been yeah, oh, fuck yeah. It's gonna be a train wreck. Like it's gonna be like Gilbert Hansen, but on like a worse, like a smaller scale. Um, we don't have any Gatsby news to share for this week, guys. Stay tuned. We might have some more. Yeah. Gatsby. my Lexus. Well, it's going to Broadway. I don't know if we talked about it last week. Allegedly, we've heard. Allegedly, it's going <laughs> allegedly, to we've heard. It's going to Broadway, and when I found out, I I outwardly went, yes! Win for me. Other people are not so happy. Some people, the person we heard this from, public social media, they were, they've gone on a one-man <laughs> crusade against it, and we find it hilarious. Um, But that's for a later date. My lecturer started talking about The Great Gatsby, and it was horrific. It was in a lecture about child poverty. And um, start talking about the Great Gatsby, and I was like, "How, how the hell did we get here?" It was kind of bad for me. Anyway, is that all we'd like to say? All I can think of. Yeah, vote for the Watson Stage Awards to make sure Mincemeat doesn't win. Anything but Mincemeat. Anything but Mincemeat, personally. Um, I'd like next to normal to win, but you know, um, I'll take anything over Mincemeat. Legally Bond is a musical with a book by Heather Hatch, music by Lawrence O'Keefe, and lyrics by Nell Benjamin. Um, it is based... By me! Like you! It is based on the 2001 movie, but... And it is also based on the book by Amanda Brown. So, the book is very much inspired by the author's, like, own time at Harvard Law School. She is self-described blonde, um, and in her first week of law school in the 90s, she saw this flyer basically saying women of uh, Stanford Law, I'll go and meet some nice girls. And she went to the meeting and these were not women. These were angry people. The women who spent, the woman who was leading it spent three years at Stanford trying to change the name 
from Sebastian to over Ovesta. Yeah. They started laughing and realised everyone in the room took it very seriously, so I didn't make any friends there. School wasn't hard at all, it was the people. The most loathsome dose of antisocial disorder. It was an anthropological study of the law school species, since nobody talked to me for my Ovesta moment where I started laughing. I had plenty of time to watch people and write letters. I was writing letters to my friends to amuse myself. By the end of the semester, I had 300 pages. And like Elle Woods, she would write all of her stuff on pink paper with a pink fluffy pen and found an agent who picked up, picked it up out of the stash pile because it was on pink paper. Um, it went out to all the studios and publishing houses on the same day. Overnight, there was a bidding war. MGM bought it. It was rejected by everyone on the publishing side. So the book and the movie would be released mm. within like a couple months of each other. Mm. And according to the Phoenix Times, there was a deal signed for the musical back in 2003 before the second yeah. film had even come out. When did the second film come out? 2004. Yeah, because that's the oh. year Elle graduates law school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The musical is a mashup of the two properties. It's done in association with MGM stage, with it being their third Broadway musical after Chitty Chitty, Chitty Bang Bang and Dirty Water Scoundrels. Um, and the other musicals that they've done have not been financial successes, with their most recent venture being New York, New York, and also Sun Oof. Like It Hot, which is currently running, but <laughs> I think that says Oof. all you need to know. <laughs> One win. One win and it was legally blocked. Legally fucking blocked. <laughs> and they've been trying for a win ever since. Um, I mean, and it's hard to lose with legally blonde because it's just great. It's, oh, we'll get. We'll legally blonde is actually so fascinating to me. It's really hard to find stuff on like the development of the show. Normally, you can find what like time people started being involved and stuff. Um, however, I just couldn't find it for this because I think it's like being lost to time. Yeah. No one thought to save this stuff. Um, however, it would have its out-of-town trial at San Francisco at the Golden Gate Theatre. Um, all I could find is that Laura Bell Bundy and Kristen Borrell agreed that their characters needed more time to connect, which is what led to Take It Like a Man. I hate the song Take It Like a Man. Do you actually? I like, never listen to it. I get what People bring it up, but I, I completely forget that it's a song. In San Fran, there was a song called Love and War, which became positive, and at one point, positive was called Beacon of Positivity. Here's the thing, I like, I think I'm going to feel like this about a lot of the, like, changes it goes through. Yeah. Is that what it is right now, like, what was put out, is so perfect, but everything else seems like shit. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in Keep This In, by the way, you're yeah. going to want to cut this down. I'm, like, pretty sick right now. That's why oh, I yeah. sound weird. If I'm trying to drink lemsip. <laughs> it's Nella's not working for a period of time. It's because she's. <laughs> I got a new flavor of lemsip today. Really? What kind? Honey and ginger. You get the actual brand lemsip or like the own brand. I did. That's I got it from Sainsbury's. That's why my Sainsbury's order was so much more. That's expensive. Wow. Yeah. Splashed out the cash. Um. But my god, it's clearing the sign of this. <laughs> it's important to note that Legally Blonde, like now looking back, seems to fit right in with the modern musical theatre canon. But at the time, like a lot of people were very unsure about it. Boo. With the New York Post saying, Off of the heels of the wedding singer and high fidelity, Legally Blonde, which opens in New York in April, seems some more of the same, seemingly stacked against Spring Awakening, a genuinely original show that captured the industry's imagination. Yeah, as I said, it would open well, okay. in 2007. 
The New York Post hates fun and whimsy. Well, uh, investors are legally blonde. There are dozens, and they've all descended to San Francisco. Hope the show will capture the same army of teenage girls who, as conventional wisdom has it, made Wicked a smash. Lead producer Hal Lutfig suggests legally blonde isn't the only bubblegum set. Teenage, if teenage girls love it, it's that's great. But in fact, it's going to be more than teenage girls for the Gothita. Wicked is making one point three million a week, and we're not. And you're not just getting that from girls. Obviously, it's tapping into a large audience. Ho- hopefully, if we make, we could do it too. And they talk about changing gay or European. That's also okay. Actually, no, it's not a plot point in the movie. I think briefly mentioned in the movie. In the movie, she's stood at the water fountain and he's drinking from the water fountain and she's stamping her foot. Don't you stop your little last season private shoes at me, honey. Yeah, and she goes, oh, he's gay. And then runs back into the courtroom and goes, he's gay, he's gay, he's gay. (laughs) I don't care if he's gay, I'm not going to call him out on it. Yeah. Um... Despite being a sexual assaulter, Callahan was an ally. No, it wasn't Callahan at that. No, it was Callahan at that point. Yeah, yeah, he I was an ally. Cal- no, I think Callahan was just a misogynist who didn't believe a word that Elle said. This is so niche. Uh, have you seen the thing where it's like sometimes a writer is so misogynistic that they become homoerotic oh, because yeah. they cannot write good female characters? That's what Callahan is. <laughs> That's like Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we, we spent like an hour before this talking about classics. Talking about like oh, my sisters, um, I I gave my sister an idea for an EPQ, and we were talking about it. It's really interesting. Um, so some older producers think it's hilarious, but younger members of the company say it's an old hat, with lyrics that catalog one stereotype after another and vague or offensive. We've had a lot of great groups on the show. We're in San Francisco. Surprise, Ludwig says, and they really enjoyed the number, but we're definitely debating it. Well, good thing they kept it in. So it's a great number. It's funny. It's funny, but they have changed it now, I think. Something. It's homophobic in that 2005 way. In a way that only something from 2008 can be homophobic. I know exactly what yeah. you mean. <laughs> um, review. It's, you know, go and tell your friends um, that I'm obsessive and crazy. That's fine. I'll tell mine you're gay. <laughs> in the Not words homophobic. Fucking hilarious. <laughs> Do you want her to play that night when Wimbley with the original lyrics? Yep. I feel like Taylor Swift could do very well as Elwood to be blind. If she could... Actually, I think she probably could sing it. Stunt cast idea. Yeah, idea. You could run out of the stadium and do legally blind. The isn't all as ever. I have an idea, guys. I have a completely brilliant plan. We need... Controversy brings in audiences. Yeah. Jinx isn't all as ever. Wait, wait until some Swifties get a hold of like gay or European and they'll lose their minds. We need um who's the bitch they think she's gay for? Oh Carly Cloth, she can be a sorority. She can be Vivian. Vivian. Yeah, um, there's some readings that like her and Vivian are in a relationship. Yeah. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. I feel like oh what's his fucking name? Travis Kelsey? Emmett? No, no, no. I want Jake to then hold Emmett. Oh, who's who? Actually, Joe Alwyn is such a Warner type. Joe Alwyn Warner. First job that Joe Alwyn will be able to get. See, the thing, Travis, Travis Kelsey, I have no qualms with him. Oh, but I know. He, he, he can be um, Grandmaster Carl, Kyle, uh, Chad. You know, the guy that goes, What do, what do you want to be? Uh, groove and pop and shake the room. 
Yeah. Or he could be, um, just for funsies. What's his name? He has a bigger role in the movie. The guy that they get Paulette's dog back. The other law student. Oh, yeah. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. He has a much bigger role in the movie. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember his name. No. That could be Travis Kelsey. That could be Travis Kelsey. I think Scooter Braun should be Callahan. Callahan. Or or Shatter Callahan. Mm. They can fight out. Um, who else do we need? Sorority girls could <laughs> do... just be the girl squad. Yeah. I feel like, um, who do we put as that really, <laughs> like, really feminist? Lena Dunham. Girl in... Yeah. Obviously. Lena Dunham. Um, I think that's, 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 that's everyone. Oh, who's, um, Paulette? Paulette? Um, fuck. I want to say, like, Liz Rose, her old collaborator. <gasps> Dolly Parton. I was gonna say something, and this might be a controversial casting choice. Go ahead. Jack Antonoff. Let's pull that. Put him in drag. Why don't you be Kyle or someone? No, I what think that, that's funny. That's not gonna be. Huh? Aaron Desma. Oh, Aaron Desma can be Kyle. Any Broadway execs out there? We have <laughs> yeah. an idea. Yeah, that's a cool. You guys just need. The to people want Taylor Swift on Broadway. We can make it happen. We can make it happen. We want we want, you will have to pay us a million dollars for this idea though, because we I can give you. A week. I, I just paid my rent and I did a shot. This needs to go through. <laughs> yeah, guys, the offer is always standing. If you guys want to pay us and we'll watch Dear and Handsome, we're not joking. We actually have no way for them to pay us. Uh, let us know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> um, reviews. So. I think this is Variety. Yes, it is. Variety said, amid the glut of movies becoming stage musicals, Legally Blonde seemed the better candidate than most. Originally a virtual musical comedy minus the songs, it sported a lightweight but sturdy plot that loses little in translation. Indeed, both the 2001 pick and the 2003 sequel are so formularic that Turner might stand a reasonable chance of improvement. Good news does that. Barley and delightfully so. Bad news? Well, there is none. This fuchsia classical soaked yeah. over choreographer turned director Jerry Mitchell might win over the people that are opposed on principle to Hollywoodization of Broadway. But its San Fran tryout is already genuinely likable, splashy crowd pleaser that could prove a that prove a gum, grumble proof come. It's May Prato launch? Bundy may not have Witherspoon's radiant warmth. Who does? But she e- engagingly makes up with it for her own, on her own, even as she delivers a faithful reproduction of its originator's non-singing voice. Much of Legally Blonde is smartly engineered, good-looking, high-energy, hilarious. It's easy to forgive it in moments where it's spotting an earnestness where the material can't easily support much as Lump and Borrell, though he manages to be funny when he can't. Among the shows... Would you like to know who's making their debut as Catherine Parr in Six tonight? Is it Hannah Lauer? Yeah. Wow! I like I just saw her on West End Understudies. Our favourite place, actually. Love that. I wonder if... Shout out Hannah Lauer. I wonder if the costume debacle is going to be seen. I think she does have her own costume right now. I hope so. I'm thinking she does, because I remember her saying she 
she's not allowed to show her costume until she's gone on. I remember that. Yeah. Which is why I'm thinking she has red. Yeah. I remember she showed her inner thing and she said the alternates get black inners, yeah. but the queens get ones in their own colour. Yeah, that makes sense. Which I thought was very interesting, actually. Yeah. Among the show's many appealing aspects is how it messages manages to swim into a broadly assuming shallows whilst at the same time avoiding heartlessness. Be true to yourself message is utterly by the numbers. But this is but such is the evening's charm, it doesn't seem fake. Pretty good review by Variety. Variety will pretty much review anything. I trust Variety. Yeah, they normally seem bang on the money. Um, I was have... it, I remember I think Variety recently put out something about Marvel, and they were like, Marvel's fucked. Yeah. I trust Variety. Variety are like the entertainment news source. Oh, yeah. Um, Talking Broadway said, there is no doubt in my mind that proper timing and literal cutting to this musical could be a hit with summer Broadway audiences. It's fun, entertaining musical that people will be seeking in these troubled times. Basically, just good times all round. Who loves it? Um, yeah. It would start performances on the 3rd of April, 2007, with it officially opening on the 29th of April at the Palace Theatre. The cast would be iconic. The original Broadway cast <laughs> of Legally Blonde, in hindsight, is iconic. Oh, yeah. You have. It's incredible. Laura Bell Bundy as Elwitz. Oh. Christian Borel as Emmett. Annalie Ashford Ooh. as Margot, the sorority girl. Leslie Rodriguez Kritzer as another one of the sorority girls. Orfe as Paulette. And podcast legend Andy Carl. Oh my god! Do you want to know what his like roles are in um her? Please tell me. Ensemble. Oh. Kyle. Who's who? Because he's the he's the UPS guy, Kyle. Oh my god! And then this one made me cackle. Grandmaster Chad. <laughs> it's so real. I've never realized he was the UPS guy. <laughs> like I'm just aware that he was like in it and he yeah. had a role, yeah. but I have never like put two and two together. I love Andy Carl, guys. Andy Carl's the UPS guy. Well, you've only recently discovered your love of Andy Carl. It's in that weird way where I think he's batshit insane, and I love him. It was yeah, like but... when, when there was that video and it was like, there's going to be a Forrest Gump musical. <laughs> and it hasn't been announced, but Andy Carl is going to be in it. And I was like, he is, but don't say that about him. Don't be rude about Andy. What do you mean? We have an Andy that we dislike and an Andy that we like. And sometimes they turn the line between the two. <laughs> they change. Um, but yeah. yeah. Grandmaster Chad is the like sorority guy who you can hear what you want. Mm. That's Andy Carl. Icon. Anyway. Reviews. New York Times said high energy, empty calories, and impressive looking him for the glories of girlishness. Praise uh Laura Bundy was praised saying she sings and dances florously and delivers silly lines as she all as if she meant them. That's acting, New York Times. Yeah, that, that's that's literally her job. Um, the New York Post said, the movie Legally Blonde has two fantastic things going for it. Reese and Witherspoon. The musical... Okay, iconic quote. <laughs> the musical based on the 2001 movie opened last night at the Palace Theatre has neither. It's a loss, a palatable loss. It does have Laura Bell Bundy, who's pretty damn good. And an awesome wattage of girl power, unless you happen to be a boy, man, or woman, could count for a lot. Uh, the story is a proto-feminist tale of blonde ambition from our sweet kid from SoCal, 
who looks pretty in pink and doesn't who wouldn't look bad in beige a tale of has a taste of merchandising and marketable skills of a cheerleader she responds to a bake-up rebuff this is basically just the plot heather hatch's book based on the screenplay in the original novel who knew by amanda brown makes all the right moves and it's both feel good and fun and wit even though theater uh, necessarily lacks the open-ended possibilities of the movie. Unfortunately, the score never p- picks up the same slack. Although the lyrics by the husband and wife team, Lawrence O'Keefe and Nell Benjamin, are markedly sharper than their usual. Sorry. Huh? Yeah. Lawrence O'Keefe and Nell married? Benjamin. Yeah. They're married. I had no idea. <laughs> Come on. I now. genuinely had no idea. I'm exposing myself. I think it's because I'm sick. I'm exposing myself a lot in this episode. <laughs> Uh, Jerry Mitchell making his debut as a full-scaled Broadway director gives a story staging that moves from phonetic to frantic and his choreography is to choreography what paint by the numbers is to portrait. And the performances are as prosily right as the show's beautifully trained chihuahua and Churchillan dog bulldog. Expose myself again, I always forget that there's a second dog. Yeah, yeah, so did I. I forget that they have the other dog. <laughs> there is another dog in the show, in case you guys forgot as well. You guys, well, I, I know why I forget about the dog. I loved it in moderation, an effervescent and radiant Bundy. I hoped for an even more measured charm from Borel, the smartest kid on the block, and Rupert's crispy, suspicious law professor. While well, Orfe provides an adorable value as a beautician who doubts her beauty and a stylist needing more style. A pleasant, if noisy, night out. But for those who've seen the movie, the warmth of Weatherspoon hovers dangerously close. Jesus. Variety re-reviewed the show and said, um, it's a good-natured, good-natured appeal is undeniable, right down to the delicious, probably unintentionally cruel di- timing of its river dance parody. Following the Truid fellow Broadway newcomer Pirate Queen into New York. Right. Would you like to the Pirate Queen? It's by the same guys that wrote Labors. You probably should. Don't care then. <laughs> Have you beat Labors? <laughs> exactly. Um, it's Wi Fi. Like, you know, when I was like, oh yeah, Starlight Express. Why are you trying to top Phantom? Uh, he, he, Andrew has cannot top Phantom and it's driving him insane. I love it. <laughs> and he's tried. <laughs> he's tried. <laughs> we've seen it he's trying <laughs> oh my god we get to talk about it this episode actually it being love never dies yeah. right yeah okay good I, I love love never dies anyway it's so silly do you want to do the synopsis anyways the sorority sister valley girl goes to harvard law to get her boyfriend back and ends up defying expectations while staying true to herself based on the novel by amanda brown and the mgm movie starring reese witherspoon Okay, fucking boring. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. But that is that is legally blonde. And I love it. I love legally like, blonde. Yeah, it is legally blonde. But if you're gonna have to mention that it's based on a novel in the movie, just say it's just the movie with some songs. Yeah. Yeah. We were I mean it was about as, as Okay, what well, <laughs> what the mean girls marketing should oh, have done. Fuck's sake, man. Um I love Legally Blonde the musical. I think it's really fun. I love Legally Blonde so much. I really, I, I love. Oh my god, you guys! And I love the 
I love the fact that the way it's, you know oh. how it's... Yeah. O-M-I. Oh my god, you guys. Oh my god, you guys. Like, yeah. it's spelt phonetically. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um, That's really pleasing to me. I love what you want. It's an amazing number to me, in my opinion. Oh, it's that what you want. Okay. I'll be the one from the bike. Sorry. We get to talk about that. We get to talk about that. Um, and I, I'm obsessed with So Much Better as a Act One closer. Oh, it's so good. I love the song Legally Blonde. Oh my god, yeah. Actually, just like a dream song to sing at any given moment. Yeah, I think the music. I like Chip on, me, Chip on My Shoulder as well. Oh, Triple Wish is really great. And it's I like it song. when I, I I love it for the moment where Elle has the I've been thoroughly beaten, very, where she basically has the big realization of let's not face him away. Let's let's yeah. face him and say, hey, punk, let's dance, and like decides to study forward. I think yeah. the, the musical does get the balance right between having heart and being very funny. Yeah. I think it's the thing. The movie is incredible. Yes. Like yeah. as much as I've I've spent like the whole time as May's been trying to explain Legally Blonde, saying I love Legally Blonde. They're wrong. They're they're being too critical. It's great. The movie is like a hundred percent better. Oh, I, I there's I think... no doubt in my mind that I if I was given the choice, I would always rather watch the movie. Yeah, you know? I think I can separate them as two very distinct separate things to me, though. Yeah, yeah. like they, they're very different. There's yes. nothing wrong with that. But that's also part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know how they could have done an Illegally Blonde musical better. It is perfect for what it is. I yeah. love that they've they've kept in all of the same... They've not gone off on a tangent. Yeah. As some as some adaptations do, and add in some completely random stuff because this character needs a song. I mean, the only place that they do that is Paulette, but they just even then, I it makes sense to me. Yeah, giving Paul like, like Paulette needs a moment. Yeah, she becomes a bigger character, I guess, than who she is in the movie. No, I but it's yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like she is in it more. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like they've created a new character for her. No, no, and um, I mean, the only thing I will say is my only, my two big critiques of it are yeah. stuff like when, how they have to do Bend and Snap. Yeah. Like, I think Bend and Snap is a fun song, however. Yeah. Uh-oh. I think that they could have done with cutting it at some point, but they have to do yeah. Bend and Snap. Yeah. It, do you get what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah, I, I keep going back to Mean Girls as a comparison point. Well, it, it, similar creative It's kind teams. of the best comparison. Similar. It's like the best comparison. Between, yeah. It's either that or Heathers. For, for Legally yeah. Blonde, those are the two you can compare it to, don't you? And I'm tired of talking of Heathers. Yeah, we did two whole, whole episodes on it. So I would say, like, it's like if Mean Girls took out her being hit by the bus. Yes. Or took out Fetch. Yes. Yeah. It's like these things that ultimately aren't like a big part of the plot. Yeah. It the story would be no different with or without well, the bus maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Fetch is a better example. Fetch if they the took out Fetch, it wouldn't impact the plot much. Yeah. But why the hell would you go and see a Mean Girls musical 
if, if they just never brought up Fetch, which is Regina one of the most, like, never says, memorable parts. Yeah, if Regina never says to Gretchen, stop trying to make Fetch happen. It's never going to happen. Um, I will, like, there are moments that transfer really well to stage. I do, I mean, obviously, I will always and forever love the movie version of um, When Elle Goes What, like, it's hard. Yeah. I I feel that it's moment like, in my bones. I really, yeah. Whenever well, I go home, I have the where I go to uni conversation with people. You got into, I can't say what you got into. You got in. <laughs> Basically, every time I go home, I have like a similar conversation to what Elle has with Warner, where she, when he goes, you got into Harvard, what? And I just, I should just what, start, like it's hard? I should just start saying what, like it's hard? See, I actually have the opposite. <laughs> My people like, you chose to go there? it's all fun and games and then it happens twice in a row within within like two minutes and you're just like guys get a new talking point what, like it's hard what like it's hard I'm gonna stop so, yeah. the thing yeah, i was gonna, gonna say that i fucking love in the musical i actually did not realize how like intentional it was until i went back and rewatched the movie because i really i don't know if you guys know this about me esme does I'm really bad at watching movies. Like I just yeah. don't watch them. If all you the were time. like, if you if you were like, why why was she asking whether or not you'd seen The Wizard of Oz? Well, because now doesn't watch. The <laughs> <laughs> genuine shock. I've what was it that I'd never seen that you were that a lot of people get shocked by. Oh, basically, everything. I hadn't seen Twilight until about two years ago. Not Elf. Twilight, uh, Titanic. Yeah. I've never seen Elf. Yeah, you could just like name a. I've never movie. seen most of the Star Wars films. You can name. I just, a I just don't movie watch a lot of movies. Like, Ten years, and Nell's probably not seen it. Yeah, uh, I'm really bad at watching movies, but I do genuinely like. I love *Legally Blonde*. I will. I will go back and rewatch it. Yeah. I was rewatching it maybe like a few years uh, after I'd listened to the musical properly. The reason, I think at least, that. Like, oh my god, is such a theme throughout the musical is because of the end scene in the courtroom. Because yeah. in the movie, he says, So you actually weren't watching it, you weren't in the shower, as I suspect you weren't, because you know, and he does the whole thing. And everyone goes, Oh my god, just... I didn't mean to shoot him, I couldn't shoot him the door. Yeah, and then they all go, Oh my god, oh my god, oh, oh my god. god, and they do that. And I was listening to it. I was like, "Oh, that's why!" <laughs> why oh my yeah. god, it's the theme in the in the musical. Yeah, but I think they do that really well because the kind of thing when you start listening to it, you're just like, "Okay, there are all these like cringy sorority girls," and like that's the thing. people are like, "Oh my god, oh my god, you guys!" I can't do it. My friends can do a really good valley girl accent. I can't. Um, I'm like, kind of leaving my, oh my god, Let me get some Starbucks. Like, I'm going to the store. Like I can normally do. I'm going to the store. Pretty good valley girl. Valley girl. I'm gonna accent. get. Um, I'm getting. I'm ready. gonna get a pumpkin spice latte. I'm getting ready for Al and Warner's engagement today, guys. How exciting! Like all of that, you just think, oh, they're just like making fun of girls that speak like that, like but, these sorority, these very yeah. feminine girls. Yeah. And then it keeps going. Then it's you. Like within by the end of the first act, you'll realize that oh my god is just a theme. Whenever oh, something good happens, it's just something they say. Because I mean, 
when um Elle first wins that mock trial against Warner, they all are like, and I also like the sorority girls becoming a Greek chorus. Yeah, that's really fun. I think that's fun and like sorority derives from Greek life, allegedly. I don't know. Yeah, um, it does. Yeah, so that I know this sense. one. Um, got too into banner rush talk, so that's fun, and they all say, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god," like when she does that. I I like the decision to end Act One on the moment of her finding out she's got Callahan's internship. Yeah, because in the movie, it's like a big deal, and I like I like on in the movie where like they have the close up of her face and she just goes yeah. Or like me, I think she yeah. says. But I love it being a big moment in the music. Oh, yeah. And I like how she says stuff like, I'll even dress in black and white, see I have not begun to fight. Because yeah, colour and all that stuff is so important to who L is as a character, and you're starting to see that she's completely changing who she fundamentally is to fit into this world. Yeah. I love oh, there's so many things about Legally Blonde the Musical that are so good. The costume design, the oh, set design. The set in the original Broadway run, how they're able to perfectly con like the iconic way that they have all the sorority girls popping out of the houses. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. It's such a and fun you have musical. Them, like, coming down like a fireman's pole and like all of this yeah. other stuff. Um I love positive. The play on words that positive it's is. So funny. Be positive that he loves you and not her. Now fight. Just be positive. As you slap, as you slap her to, to the floor. floor. As you pull her hair and call her whore. Like great line. Yeah. And legally blonde reprise. It's so good. Hand me my dog and that American flag. I love seeing that line. <laughs> <laughs> um do you wanna do you wanna get into the Christian Boro Laura Belmonte? Um This is all alleged, alleged, alleged. Alleged. Let's see how much I can remember off just off the top of my head. Okay, go ahead. Because I, I did some extra research into this because I was just bored this week. At least one of them uh-huh. is married. Christian Borrell is married to whom? Christian I know this. I don't remember. Sutton Foster. Sutton Foster. Laura Bell Bundy isn't married at all. She might be in a relationship, but we're un- unsure on that one. This was literally like 15 years ago. It was 2007 or something. Yeah. I'm really sick. Um, <laughs> and they they both get cast in this amazing musical called Legally Blonde. Yeah. And they're playing Love and Track. A normal thing to play in a musical. Yeah. But they take... I guess you could say they take method acting too seriously. You know, they say, hey, hey, creators of Legally Blonde the Musical, our characters need to get to know each other more to fall in love. Yeah. And the actors apparently also said, we need to get to know each other more and fall in love. What I'm alluding to is Christian Borrell leaves his wife, Sutton Foster, Laura Bell Bundy. Is that all you remember? I feel like there is more, but I don't remember it right okay, now. There I is just more. know that he did that, started uh-huh. a fucking cast, and now Ariana Grande is dating Ethan Slater. <laughs> okay, so 
the story goes, and this is all from what I've learned from secondhand information. Again, this is 15 years old, whatever, whatever. Sutton and Christian Borle are married, okay? They've been married for like 10 years. Okay. He gets cast in Legally Blonde. She gets cast in Frankenstein's Wife or something like that. As Frankenstein's Wife? I have no fucking clue. Anyway. I feel like I know anyway. what she was in as if it was as Frankenstein's um, Wife. Alongside someone named Roger Bart. We'll get to him in a moment. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is so unhinged. Um, I don't know if I... The only thing we know for fact is the thing I'm going to say at the end because of the fucking tweet about it. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, the rumour is Christian gets with Laura Bell and wrecks his marriage. Um, so Sutton gets with Roger Bart. Oh, Fun uh, fact about Roger Bart. He's the guy who inspired Roger in Rent. Um, um, Fuck off. What else about him? He he's currently in Back to the Future. He did Back to the Future in in London. Um, and Trisha Paytas also made a tweet about him in 2017, saying that they used to hook up for three years. You're fucking kidding. I'm not. Google it. Trisha Paytas, Roger Bart. I've seen the tweet with my own two eyes. I'm doing it. Yeah. So that's the story that we really know for true, is musical actor Roger Bart got with Trisha Paytas for like three years. Oh my god, there's fucking articles on it. Yeah. Um. However, Christian and Sut and Sutton have kind of come out and said that this isn't true, or like they they're still cool, basically. Christian Bourne and Sutton Foster are still cool. Do you want to know how I know this? Why? Not because I keep up with the, their personal lives. I genuinely couldn't care. Um, they were oh, in like, episode... I just found the tweet. Shout out to someone for quote retweeting it and saying, this is my Roman Empire. Yeah, I've been thinking about it a lot this past week, actually, since I found out. Pretty good. Yeah, I love that that's the only thing we know for sure about this situation. <laughs> Um, no, so the reason why I know Christian Borough and Sutton Foster are still on good terms is because they were in an episode of Gilmore Girls' Year in the Life together. Fuck off. Yeah, so in the in the reboot, they did four episodes, maybe it's like an hour and a half long, and they were like each named after a season. So the second oh one my was... God. Um, and like in an interview that Christian Borough gave, because I love Gilmore Girls, I watch it on a loop constantly. Um, I know. Yeah, everyone in my life knows. I watch a lot of Gilmore Girls. Um, basically saying him and Sam Foster, when they were married, they used to like watch Gilmore Girls like obsessively because no one watches it normally. Like the thing with Gilmore Girls is like no one watches it like a normal human does. And so when the reboot came about, because Sam Foster's done one of Amy Sherman Palladino's other show, Budheads. Hmm. And so when the reboot came about, she knew that they were both massive fans and so was like, do you guys want to come do the Star Telling Musical? Which is very controversial within the Gilmore Girls fandom. And there's also like a, there's a part where they parody Hamilton. Oh my God. Because it's 2016. It's, it's, it's like kind of annoying in the actual plot, but objectively, like as something making fun of musical theatre, it's kind of funny. <laughs> um, You'd probably watch it and laugh. No, yeah. Whereas I kind of like skip through it when I watch, but I do watch it in life, which isn't often actually. Anyway, so that's that. I'm trying to think of like other things to say about Legally Blonde apart from just it's really good. 
it's really good. I really enjoy it. I really wanted to do it at one point, and I campaigned to me and Toby. We campaigned too hard to the point where they were like, "We can't do it. You guys have campaigned too hard." <laughs> um, I have. I've definitely sung songs from it before. Yeah, I've seen it, but I think we're gonna get into that when we talk about this specific production of it. You've seen people at it too. Yeah, I we'll was. I watched someone watch Legally Blonde because it was at Regent's Park open air, so you could like see people in the audience. Yeah, I think I've only okay. I've seen two productions. Oh yeah. So the first one is the infamous pro shoot. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> Which barely qualifies as a pro shoot. No, it is a pro shoot. Yeah. Barely based on oh. that quality. No, yeah, yeah. Based based on the quality. Barely oh, you're going to be shocked when you find out some stuff about it. The second one I've seen, lovingly titled Illegally Blonde. I saw someone go as Connie take your break, girl, for Halloween. It's such a good production. No hate to any of the children involved, because you guys are children, and God knows what would happen if our... Oh, that's probably what I've sounded like. like for the past 19 years that I've been singing. However... I'm 20 now, so I... 20 years. Um, I think some of the the reason why we all love it so much is because that was us. Yeah, like it's bad, but it's not. It's not bad in a bad way. It's not like Bible Hamilton, which is, yeah, it's just fun. Yeah, we do actually have like an idea to do something about the phenomenon of like illegal musicals because a lot of people have spoken out about like he- there's a whole Rolling Stone article based around illegal heathers. Mm. It was actually really interesting. They got um they got a lot of the people to talk on the record about it, which is interesting. People have, the people who have been in it have made like YouTube videos about it I've seen. Uh I know the girl from Illegal Heather Which girl? Heather Chandler. Yeah. One of the guys who was okay, I was gonna describe him in a way, but I shan't describe him like that. Oh yeah, I know, he was I in the exactly. ensemble. Party guy. Yeah. Yes. Let's call him that. He made a video on it too. I remember mm-hmm. watching that one. Yeah. These were like I it's it's kind of hard to explain, like in retrospect. Yeah, I'm trying to find the account that I used to watch. It was such a strange phenomenon that only really lasted like two or three years. Yeah, though to be honest, you do get like I'm trying to think of how to put this. Well, because I wouldn't say like like Starker did parody musicals. Apparently, they're gonna stop doing parody musicals, which is really sad. Oh, because I loved their parody musicals. Yeah. Um. Well, so they have hinted what you know how like where's my dad? I'm all alone. Yeah. That kind of like was like oh that's that's like illegal heathers again. Yeah. Okay, the ones that I know for sure exist. Illegally Blonde. Oh, it's amazing. Be More to Legal. Yeah. Uh, it didn't have a fun name, but the Shrek the Musical one. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Those are the only ones I have concretely, like, as existing. Heathers definitely exist. Oh, yeah, Illegal Heathers. Yeah. And people would, like, edit them funny. Yeah. They were kind of just, like, I'm going to be so real. If you've never watched... I won't say the account name, actually, because I'll feel really bad. But they did, like... I'll give you the name of one of the videos. It was called Illegally Blonde For Your Consideration. Yes! They always had, like, For Your Consideration at the end. They have a post on their account called For Your Consideration, which is just all of these. Mm. If you've never watched their one, 
there are two videos on the illegal Shrek the musical. Oh. Please go watch it. They're underrated. Both them. I think that the illegal Shrek musical is the best one. In that same vein, the Be More Chill Eagle is incredible. Be More Chill Eagle's amazing, actually. Like, they're pieces of art. I, honestly, I think Be More Chill Eagle was really good. Yeah, yeah. Rich, Rich. That was really good. Then Michael was incredible. Yeah. Then Jeremy was incredible. They had, like, maybe two not great performers. But again, they were children. So Illegal Shrek the Musical was incredible. It's my favourite version of it. Yeah. I'm just trying to think if there's been anything else that I would call similar to like Illegally Blonde. Illegally Blonde was definitely the biggest though. Yeah. Like I think SNL parodied it at one point. Did they actually? Yeah. I spent the other night, we all sat around and we just watched all of those um all of the SNL musical sketches oh, yeah. with like John Mulaney and Pete Davidson. Did you know that literally like every single one of them has a Lemez and a little shop joke? Yeah. There's only one so. phantom joke across like six of them. What the where is it the one where they're all like in the cafe? It's not even in that one. No, I swear the phantom is there, though. No. It's when they're in an airport. Interesting. They're in LaGuardia, and the phantom is a bird. And they say, whoa, are you a pigeon? And he says, no, I'm one of the geese that flew into Sully's plane. And then he sings, like, he sings phantom. Okay. (laughs) It was a really good video. I'm going to look up SNL Illegally Blonde. They did Lil Wrench. Yeah, that was that. That was mocking it. Don't mock them, SNL. They tried their best. They are literal children. Leave them fucking. We're allowed to make jokes about it because we're not making jokes about them. No. And also, like, God knows what would have happened if some of my performances ended up on the internet. God forbid. Exactly. Um, That's half the joy of it. Yeah. Anywho. You got any more thoughts? Fucking love Legally Blonde so much. Legally Blonde, great. I think it's actually one of the best movie musicals adaptations that we've seen in recent times. Oh, yeah. Easily. It's such an iconic movie. It's such an iconic musical. The The musical's been able to establish itself kind of on its own at this point. Yeah. So, with that said, it cost 13 to 15 million to mount on Broadway with a yes. 650,000 weekly running cost on Broadway. Worth it. Worth it, it. It's actually, like, I mean, I know nowadays, like, running costs are, like, through the roof for some fucking reason. Everyone, every single Broadway show that's opening at the moment seems to have a weekly operating cost of, like, a million dollars. Yeah. It's insane. Um. So, Tony Awards. 2007 Tony Awards season. Oh, God. It would be nominated for seven Who presented those ones? We probably looked late last week. Shall I look again? You're not looking again! Oh, 2007 Tony season, it would be nominated for seven awards, being Best Performance by a Leading Actress for Laura Bell Bundy, Best Choreography for Jerry Mitchell, Best Performance by a Featured Actress in a Musical for Orfe, Best Original Score for Lawrence O'Keefe and Nell Benjamin, Best Book of a Musical for Heather Hatch, Best Performance by a Leading Actor for Christian Borel, Best Costume Design of a musical for Greg Barnes. It would not win any of these awards since, you know... There Spring was a... Awakening. Yeah. There was a little show that was making its way through Broadway, giving us such glories as the iconicness of Spring Awakening and Leah Michelle. 
So let's all be thankful for that. Huh? I found out who was um, presenting it. Who was it? Did you like the whole list or just the ones I think are interesting? Just the ones you think are interesting? Neil Patrick Harris, but that's not really a shot. No. Angela Lansbury. Okay. Audrey McDonald. Okay, yeah. Indina Menzel. Okay. Uh, yeah. Bernadette Peters. Okay. Kevin Spacey. Oh, God. This one you'll like. Usher. <laughs> Um, Sorry. that's kind of all who I think are interesting. Yeah, I mean, how can you talk? Would you like Usher? to hear who performed? Um, I know who didn't perform Legally Blonde because they didn't get oh. the all important best musical nomination, and they used to be re- the Tonys used to be really strict about you're not performing if you're not nominated for best musical. The opening number mm-hmm. showed the cast of a chorus line singing yeah. "I Hope I Get It" outside of Radio City Musical. Oh, I've seen clips of that. That's quite yeah. Yeah, with the cast then ending on the stage in full costumes performing one. That's nice, I like that. Uh, 110 in the shade. Yeah. That's why Audrey McDonald was there. Yeah, she's sang raunchy. Bring Awakening did like 10 songs. Oh, they did a medley. Yeah, they did. Because they, they, um, they couldn't say totally, they couldn't sing like two of their biggest songs, Totally Fucked or Bitch of Living. Those were in the medley. Yeah, they just had to like not do much. Yeah. Curtains did show people. Mary Poppins oh, yeah. did Chim Chim Cherise step in time and anything can happen. That I love anything can happen actually. Yeah. Company company did being alive. Oh, love that song. And then um an American Idol winner performed a song from the Colour Purple. Colour Purple was up for Tony's oh, that yeah yeah. This is an observation I was having after spending about two hours just reading pieces of articles from that time just talking about Legally Blonde and normally they talk mm. in reference to like other stuff that was going on in Broadway. Broadway was going teen for the first time in ages and all these white men were sat around going, oh, I don't know what's going on. It was hilarious. So basically um, Spring Awakening was taking off with help of the internet. It was able to recoup its initial investment after like two months after winning yeah. it, which is like insane. Um, and everyone was making the Rent comparison because Rent was still on Broadway at this time. And it was actually just yeah. about to close, but it was having a renewed interest, especially from younger people, because Anthony Rapp and Adam Pasquale were back in the show. Mm. Um, and Wicked was still selling out every single night. Yeah. Um, due to its success with teen girls. So, with all of this being said, in walks MTV. Uh oh. <laughs> this will actually not be the okay source for this. Trust me. Okay. However, this would not be the first time that MTV would try and get into musical theatre because they were in talks to produce a the off Broadway production of Bearer Pop Opera in the early two thousands. Oh my god! But they wanted to change too much, and the the creators were like, "Fuck that shit! I'm not I'm not changing it." Like I wondered, I wonder every day about like what an MTV version of Bearer Pop Opera would be like. Um, yeah. So, source a documentary that I watched when I was like fourteen years old. I checked; it's still on YouTube. I could have rewatched it, but I don't want to. Anyway, um, on the fifth of September two thousand and seven, it was announced for the New York Post that Legally Blonde would be filmed for MTV. Yeah, so. They, it costs, like, MTV struck a deal to producers for $10 million for the musical to be produced. 
Jesus. Yeah. It would be taped later that month and aired on MTV in November. MTV uh, could bring a boom into the musical, which, because uh, of MTV's, like, age demographic, especially at that time, was, like, between 15 and 25. And at the time, like, MTV was having a lot of success because now MTV's, like, kind of an irrelevant channel. Yeah. But they MTV had pivoted into reality show content, so they were doing stuff like The Hills, Laguna Beach, and all that other stuff, with their target audiences being exactly the same. Blonde, uh, legally, all the fucking pe- articles just call legally blonde blonde, which is weird. That is crazy. Um, with it having a good summer and then it's starting to dip in September and October as tourists like leave. And again, it's a big theater, it costs a bit of money to operate, which isn't like a lot, but like it costs a bit. It's about promoting the show in the long term. Uh... Yeah, and they weren't able to perform at the Tony Awards. And the source says, look at High School Musical. Um, it's the most popular stage musical selling out all over the country. The TV is funneling the stage show. It would make Legally Blonde the first musical to uh, air on full in television while still running on Broadway. There would be a Craigslist posting by Classic Entertainment Group looking for audience willing to attend the live filming of the show on September 18th before the official announcement was published. They asked specifically for people ages 15 to 25, and they had to wear pink to the event three times in its entirety, once without an audience, one with a normal audience, and then another with the invited audience or mm. the targeted audience. MTV were originally planning to broadcast it in late September, but then moved it to like mid mid October. Uh, on October 13th, it would premiere with 1.27 million home viewers making it the most watched program in the demographic ages 12 to 34 during the time slot. In all of the subsequent airings, it would reach 12.5 million viewers, with women aged 12 to 17 representing the highest demographic. This adds up to more than 7,100 sold-out performances of Legally Blonde's run on Broadway, compared to the 600 performances that it would play. Shortly after the broadcast, the original Broadway cast recording rose to number three on the Billboard's top album charts from its uh, previous number seven spot. Yeah, it was air over Thanksgiving, which boosted the show. Basically, at the time, a lot of the people, a lot of around this time, as I said earlier, a lot of people are really struggling to understand. Like, they're kind of just talking in circles of, oh my god, these teens are. are are paying attention to what's happening on Broadway for the first time. What do we do with this? And they're talking in circles and they almost see Spring Awakening as this thing that's going to come and save us all from commercialisation of Broadway. And so one person, Jeremy McGuire, I believe their name is, in The Guardian says, um, so while a potential box office windfall for Legally Blonde doesn't do much for me, the long-term prospect of having a bigger potential audience for the next Spring Awakening seems exciting to me indeed. Which is interesting, because we know that there would not really be another Spring Awakening in the way, same way that there is. There was a mm-hmm. Spring Awakening. And the further and further I get away with it, uh, away from Spring Awakening, and I fucking love Spring Awakening, and I'm not going to talk about it too much. I'm just going to say this and move on. Um, is it is kind of a product of its time. Yeah. Anywho, due to the success of the MTV involvement, they would launch the search for Elwood's um 
part reality series, Lily Bro uh. producers stressed that they wanted the cast uh, the casting process in approximated steps of how the show was actually cast. So like they got the creative team to like come on the show. So I know that one of the mainstay stay judges was Heather Hatch, who was in it, and then people like Orfe, Andy Carl, Nikki Sunton, Kate Shindle, Richard H. Blake would like come on for like a special guest spot on the episode. The winner would be selected by the judges, not by the viewing public, which is a big difference from what a lot of the reality shows were doing at the time. Because at this time, uh, Greece were doing You're the One That I Want, which mm. gave us Laura. Yeah. And that was the public. Um, there was concern around the decision to make it judge based instead of voting based was Elle Woods is a very demanding show, like role. Oh yeah. It's a big role in every sense of the word of like she is dancing, she is singing, she is belting, she is acting and for the whole entire time. Yeah. And I think it's like when you're letting the public choose, I'm telling you how to put this. Where it's like if I was asked to choose, if you gave me a line of people and like you let me watch them once a week perform. Yeah. I would just choose randomly. I'd be like, I like the way that she sung that song. Yeah. So I want her to win. Yeah. You know, I like the way she looks. She seems nice, so I want her to win. Without taking into account what someone who is cast in, like, 20 Broadway shows knows about. Actually, she doesn't have stamina. You can see she got tired at the end. Her dancing's not as strong as her singing. Her singing's not as strong as her dancing. Yeah. Also, All that stuff. Yeah, we're... As a viewing person, you're quite removed from, like, what it actually is like to be in the room with them. Yeah. And, I mean, again, this was also happening in, in, in England at the time we were having all these reality TV shows to cast musicals, thanks to Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. Um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow was one that I loved. Um, I saw a video, like, recapping it, and I was like, that shit was insane. Going up to Andrew Lloyd Webber, who was sat in a throne? Why did we let him do that? Why did we as a general public let that man get away with it for so long? Yeah, so it was obviously like filmed in advance. So, so who would end up winning was Bailey Hanks, who was a relatively unknown but was in school for musical theatre at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, she would end up winning and the show would start airing and she would have to go into rehearsals. So they would like have to like hide her before she like went in. Um, and it didn't leak. Jesus. Which- I feel like if it was done today, it definitely would have leaked. Oh, yeah. Fucking sweaty Oracle would be all over that shit. I mean, I think that's the big worry with the Mamma Mia one that's happening. Oh, no, because it's it's um the, the Mamma Mia one. They know who's out, but they don't know who's won yet. The, the finals are live. Okay, okay. I will tune in for the finals. I've not been watching up until this point, but... I'll yeah. for the finals. All four of the girls that would like be the run- so winners and the three runners up would go on to be in Legally Blonde, like either the uh, Broadway production. So I know Bailey Hanks obviously played the role of Elle Woods, and mm. her runner up, Autumn Halbert, would be in the ensemble. And then Rhiannon, I don't know her last name because on the reality show they only refer to them by their first name. Rhiannon would go on to understudy Elle Woods on the national tour. And then I think Lauren would go on to be one of the sorority girls. However, this this show you can kind of watch for free on YouTube. Yeah. It's unhinged. 
Seth Rodetsky's there screaming at them at 8 a.m. to sing what you want on a bike for like six hours. It's so like what the fuck is going on? What's the one where they're like, I'm a little worried I'm gonna forget the words. Yeah. <laughs> um It was just so insane. And it's it, it like in the same way, it's such a product of its time. Oh yeah. Like you can even look at like the sky and search for Sky and Sophie nowadays. And like you can see traces of search for Elwoods, but it's like so different. Like the fact that they showed them all in their house that they all lived in. Oh my god. Like, everything was pink. It's just it's crazy. And they all did like snaps for each other. It's so crazy. Um it's insane anyway I, mean, I love it it was incredible but my god there's this really in, like the article where I've got a lot of this information from is like an oral history that they've done with basically everyone involved mm. give it a read if like anyone it'll be linked again please look at our links they have all of these the stuff we've mentioned um, so it was announced that it was closing two months after Bailey's first performance with the closure set for October 19th 2008 one of the producers said the closing notice came sooner than people expected. But I think if the reality show, if Bailey was the one to keep it open longer, then we were very fa- thankful for her work. For a second, I took it personally. I felt miserable for everybody. I thought it was my fault. I mean, obviously, like, everyone was having a financially hard time in 2008. Yep. And so they weren't going to spend money on a musical. Yeah. Because it is really bad timing. Yeah. For Bailey. I think if it, like, if the 2008 financial crisis hadn't have happened, I think the original production would still be on today. Really? Maybe that's a bit much. <laughs> but it would have been open for a few more years. Oh, yeah. I think maybe it would have, okay. Maybe it would have closed with the pandemic instead. Yeah. I think it would have had to have moved houses because the theatre it was in was fucking massive. But no, it should have ran at least five years or something like that. Yeah. It feels like it ran a lot longer than it did. Yeah, yeah. so Bailey Hanks said, around that time, I think it was 13 shows had closed or something. Oh, I'd gotten their closing letters. It was a sigh of release because it wasn't like you're the only show on Broadway closing. It wasn't you're not as good as Laura Bell because I got that. People wanted to say... It was a tough time. It allowed me to accept and understand that this happens to everyone. And how Lopfink said, producing Legally Blonde has been one of the highlights of my career. Much like Elle Woods, the entire company and creative team have worked with a heart, wit, enthusiasm, integrity, and style throughout the entire thrilling run. I can't wait for the rest of the country to experience the show live. It would go on tour, starring Becky Goldsvig, Launched in Providence, Rhode Island in sep- on September 21st, 2008. And it would last two years with it making Jesus. with it making two week two million dollars in Houston, two million St. Louis, and set standards and uh, set records in Buffalo and Rochester. I mean, like it's a if it weren't for 2008 I legally blonde. Yeah, it it would have stayed open for so long. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I believe that myself. Yeah, it were a Laura Bell Bundy would come back because there was like an emergency situation. They were like, we need someone who knows the role of our words and can play it kind of quickly. 
Um, Lauren Zarkin and Rhiannon Hansen, who were in a uh, reality show, would, would play like Elwoods at one point or another just because they're about. I like that about the reality show. That they were like, we basically taught all these girls the role of Elwoods. Let's just give them some work. Yeah. Um, in London, it would come to London, it would start performances on the 5th of December 2009 at Savoy Theatre with it officially opening on the 13th of January 2010. It would star Sheridan Smith as Elle. You know she's got an OBE, Sheridan Smith. <laughs> yeah. So when I say she's kind of like British royalty, she is literally kind of like British royalty. Yeah. And I uh I found this out because we'll get to um, it later. At the 2011 Olivier Awards, which fun fact about the 2008 Olivier Awards, it was the first time in ages it'd be broadcast on TV, and it had like Mastercard as a sponsor, which is still sponsored today. It would win three big awards, being best musical, best performance in a supporting role for Jill Halfpenny. And best musical actress for Sheridan Smith. Love Never Dies would also be nominated. We would have seven nominations and not win any. I mean, deserved. <laughs> Love Never Dies versus Legally Blonde. You know what you're picking. Yeah. Unlike Broadway, the West End was cheaper to run, so it only cost four million dollars to bound, with it being three hundred thousand dollars a week to run. Gary Mitchell said on London. Uh, like the success in London, and openness to be a part on the part of the critics to embrace a dumb, co- uh, dumb blonde concert didn't happen in New York. Sonia Friedman said, I think we pushed the comedy forward much more in London, waking at the audience, playing in the story for laughs, and a key that was real comedian that shared us. Uh, Sheridan Smith in the main role is out. British audiences are known to like laughing at Americans. Yep. <laughs> I mean. Is- True. They got us there. See, the audience probably viewed everyone on that stage as a joke, even the Harvard people. Yeah. And maybe that's why we like Legally Blonde better. There were changes that were made to the West End run. They had to change Ireland, with Lawrence O'Keefe saying, it's interesting thing about Ireland and London is that it was originally written for a woman who really romanticises the country and the concept of Ireland, which she knows nothing about. Benjamin said, this is not something that resonates so much with England. They do not romanticise Ireland. They seem to be rather afraid of it, in fact. When was this? What year? 2009? 2010? Yep, I can see that. What did they change it to? They changed the story. I, I, I have it written down. We Yeah, so it's not so much that she's in love with the country. It's in love... Is that... Irish men do something to her. In the new version, she was told by her grandfather, who obviously trusted, who she obviously trusted that Irish men were the best in the world. So she never goes and looks up Ireland because she believes what she was told and that she has a dream. They initially thought they would have to rewrite, be specific to the London production. But Benjamin said, as it turns out, we were cracky open, really, to lead us to wonderful direction with the character. So they, like, implemented it into the tour. This is the version mm. that now is around the world. I have heard both versions, and I prefer the original. Yeah, same. But it's a thing. Americans romanticise the shit out of Ireland. Yeah. I mean, Ireland's fine. I have... Nothing wrong with it. I have, like, extended members of my family who live in the New York area, and they are proud American Irish, and they are not that Irish. I was talking, uh, a ton of my friends this year are Canadian. Yeah. And they're like, it really sucks that you guys don't do um, St. Paddy's Day. I like, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, because we're not Irish, so, you know. 
got some Irish relatives in the way that most people have. Yeah, but it's like, I no, know I Irish people and they somewhat celebrate it. No, like, I get what you mean. Like, being Irish to us means a completely different thing than being Irish to Americans. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, there would be a London cast recording being recorded live um, at the Savoy Theatre and it would close on the West End in, on the 7th of April 2012. Mm. Since then, it has had performances all over the world, including South Korea, China, Malaysia, Japan, the Netherlands, the Philippines, Sweden, Finland, Austria, Dominican Republic, Panama, New Zealand, Australia, Belgium, and uh, France. In 2022, it was announced that Legally Blonde would return to London, this time to Regent's Park Open Air Theatre. Regent's Park, if you're listening. We've got some ideas. We have many ideas for you. Mel has an entire pitch ready to go, if you ever want to give her Please. a call. Please. We think we could make you a lot of money. Um, Honestly, I don't even think we could. No, I don't but think it would sell that well, but I want it. <laughs> they don't need to know so... that. They don't need to know how much money it's going to make them. They just need to know it would be cool. Anyway, it would run from the 13th of May to the 2nd of July. It would be directed by six co-creator Lucy Moss. It would star Courtney Bowman as Elle Woods, Michael Homer, um, Lauren Drew as Brooke, Vanessa Fisher as Vivian, Isaac Helsith as Margot, Nadine Higgin as Paulette, Grace, Grace Moat as Claire, who was in Great British Bake Off Musical, um, <laughs> Alistair, Alistair Toonby as Water and Hannah Yoon Chamberlain as Serena. I would see this production on the 28th of June 2022. So would James Corden. Yep. <laughs> um, it would be divisive. Personally, I had a fun time. I know for a fact James Corden had a good time at this production of Legally Blonde. So, basically, me and, like, it was a big group of us, actually. It was a lot more. There was, like, six or seven of us. Anyway, we're all sat there, chilling, having a good time at Legally Blonde. And then Karis, who is very well composed, normally doesn't make a sound during theatre, turns to me and goes, and starts pointing, going, James Corden. Oh my god. And I look over and I'm like, holy fuck, that's James Corden. Um, and it was during Chip on My Shoulder, so a fair chunk of the performance. Yeah. And then we're sat there and I'm watching James Corden watch Legally Blonde. That man, he loved so much better. Don't we all? Yeah, he got really into it and then he like skid out off for the interval. And we were like, we're not even gonna try and go up to him because we know one, we won't get like we won't get to talk to him two what the fuck does one say to james corden he's kind of a dick he is and the vibes he was giving off were not good as well ironically enough though some of the people we were with had watched the cats movie that day unrelated oh god just had watched cats 2019 um and then he what he really loved whipped into shape and then at the end he left early obviously to avoid the crowds but as he was leaving obviously like james corden leaving is gonna cause like a bit of a scene he left during the bows. Um. Yeah, and he like waved to the audience as he was leaving and bowed and then left. Dick. So when all the reports of him being an absolute dick came out, I was like, checks out, he was rude at my he was rude at the production of Legally Blonde I went to. Just don't I just really hate Jim Corden. 
fair enough. And then um, when I was looking if there's any proof of him going to see Legally Blonde on live, online, I have photos of James Gordon Legally Blonde. Anyway, um, um, I saw that he got uh, OBE on the same day as Sheridan Smith. Really? Yeah, that's... So when I googled Legally Blonde James Gordon, that's what came up. <laughs> Can we take away his OBE, actually? I mean, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I said, it was quite divisive with Time Out saying, if you've always been desperate to see Legally Blonde, but more so, then you've already got a ticket and are unlikely to be disappointed. It's a lot of excitable pink-wearing people in the audience clearly living their best lives. That was me when I went to go see Legally Blonde. For me, it hovered somewhere between uh, bemusing excess and disappointingly unadventurous attempts to modernise a musical that still feels ripe for a more robust interrogation still it's worth a look for the gimp man dog alone oh yeah what? i remember that Cruiser was played by a real person and at first when i first heard you know what a bruiser the dog is played by an actual person i was like what the fuck that sounds horrific then i went to go see it and was like this is actually the funniest thing i've ever seen in my whole entire life yeah um i loved i thought it was hilarious um, the Guardian said the gender politics feel overhauled, as does the central blonde bombshell previously played in London by Sheridan Smith. Both she and Witherspoon were classically white blondes. Bowman's blonde braided L was entirely different. There are a few cookie cutter blondes in there, in fact. The show seems squarely aimed at teenagers, captures L's Gen Z spirit of girl power, spells out her moral messages loud and clear. I believe in sisterhood, but this heavy-handedness can't be faulted as the musical trades on a lack of su- subtlety. I said boo. They just want an excuse to be racist. Fuck off. Like, the the only critique I have of the production, it isn't the fucking dude playing bruiser. It isn't Courtney Bowman's hair, because who cares? It isn't anything like that my only actual critique is the set. Yeah, but it was the open air. Theater. It was the open, which is the open air. I just feel like they could have done more to make it a stark difference between like Elle's places and where she feels comfortable and Harvard. Yeah. But like, I get why they couldn't. Um, But people were not pleased by this production. I don't get why. It's the same way I feel about like when Annabeth was announced for the new Percy Jackson series. Yeah. Where it's like, First of all, they're not changing her story. It's not like legally blonde because she's black. It's like, no, that's why they gave her the blonde braids. It's not about her being blonde. Yeah. Yeah, just really, because she was incredible. I saw clips of her. She was incredible. Connie Bowman was genuinely like amazing as Elwood's. It was a it yeah. was a great time. I like I really enjoyed the production and I was a bit sidering it because I was like, why the fuck is Bruiser a human? Like they did stupid stuff. Like, the bruiser being human is stupid. Not in, like, a bad way. In, like, a silly way. Yeah, it was just silly. It's a... And I... I, I don't liked... get why more people didn't have a problem with that over yeah. the hair. Over Corny Bowman's hair. And I mean, yeah. she's, she's not in braids for the entire time, I don't think. And even if she was, what does it matter? No, My what God. does it matter? She is blonde. The musical works because she is blonde. And people would be like, oh, but she doesn't actually, but, you know, 
it's about being blonde, being looked down. I'm blonde. We're both blonde. We're both blondes. Fake blondes, but yeah. Fake blondes. I used to be blonde. Naturally. <laughs> I never was. But it's not actually what we want, because, you know, legally blonde, blonde, blonde thing, I'm girly girl. Yeah. Actual? Actually blonde. They put a wig on them every night. Why does it matter? Yeah. The actual thing of legally blonde is all about femininity being looked down upon as as something that hinders you in certain settings. They're just too focused on the name. Yeah, and they're too focused on the two performances that have come before. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sorry. Three performances. Three performances. But the UK reviews, the ones that they focus on are Sheridan Smith and Reese Witherspoon. It's like, Sheridan Smith is not going to come to Legally Blonde again. Fucking Reese Witherspoon? She's she's never been in Legally Blonde the musical. Yeah. Neither has Reese Witherspoon. No, she hasn't. So, um, Laura Bell Bundy isn't coming back. Yeah, Laura Bell. Yeah, Laura Bell. Yeah, like, guys, come on. They Someone who was talented and very good in the role was cast, get a grip. So yeah, I think the UK reviewers needed to get a grip when it came to Legally Blonde. Yeah. As someone who has watched the original production whilst it wasn't the best quality, and then Regents Park production, I really enjoyed the Regents Park production, and of course you had to update it, because even though it only came out 12 years ago, there's been a lot of updates, especially in the world of our woods. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's not a fucking period piece, it's Lily Blonde. It's timeless. It's a timeless story, and that's it just cemented its place as a timeless story in the music. Yeah. Um, where does Lily Blonde go from here? I'd like it to have a Broadway revival. Yeah. I think it needs to keep being performed. It's it's too I I think they could do one so easily and it could make them so much money. Yeah, even if it was just a limited run one. Mm-hmm. Um you could put it in one of those big ass houses that they're always struggling to fill. Yeah. And just like run it there. Or I'd like to see it like go to New York City Centre and then transfer. Yeah. Um, it's one of the most produced shows in high schools. People love Legally Blonde. It goes on tour. Yeah. It's been on like three national US tours, and all of them have been highly successful. Yeah. They do a lot of amateur theatre productions of it too. Not yeah. like high school ones, but community theatre. Yeah, community amateur. Yeah. So, Broadway producers, if you take anything away from this, it would be do Legally Blonde again, please. <laughs> Revive Legally Blonde, please. Revive Legally Blonde. And I don't get why they haven't, because it's good, it'll make you money. Yeah, it's like, cause they're not waiting for anything, you know? Yeah. Um, Like, I mean, Mean Girls made you guys money, and Legally Blonde's objectively a lot better than Mean Girls. Yeah, and I don't. They're not doing a shitty little movie adaptation of it. Although I do think a lot of the success of Mean Girls can be owed to Legally Blonde almost trip and failing a little bit. Oh yeah, definitely. Like there is not a world where both Mean Girls and Legally Blonde can run on Broadway at the same time. Yeah, and I do find it interesting that Le- uh, Mean Girls is going into the same theater as Legally Blonde or- originally did. Yeah, it does. It feels like they try to make too many comparisons between them. I mean, yeah. 
maybe a comparison to make that they've got a similar creative team, similar source material, but they are two completely different things. And I'd say Legally Blonde's been very impactful in it in musical theatre. Yeah. In a way, Mean Girls will struggle to hold on to that longevity. Like it's 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 got long Legally Blonde the musical has got longevity. Yeah. No doubt in my mind. Um yeah. They want to bring it back to London again? I'll be there. I'll go. There's just nothing more to really say about Legally Blonde at this point. Um, it's good. We like it. Good. We like it. It's one of the better movie musical adaptations of our time. It's fun. Elwood's forever. Um, next week, we will be doing Come From Away. Okay. Yeah, so next week we will be doing Come From Away. I've just gotten a text from a friend saying, have you seen the Mean Girls musical trailer? They're pretending it's not a musical. Oh, God. Um, yeah, if you guys want to rate us, leave us a review, let us know your thoughts, opinions, whatever, we'll find it hilarious. Anyway, bye-bye. Bye.